You are listening to The Tish with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Michael Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Boker Tov, good morning. Over the past couple of weeks, we've had a wonderful conversation about prayer. We've been having a wonderful conversation about tefillah, about prayer, which has run the spectrum from talking about what the intentionality we're supposed to have in prayer, what emotions we're supposed to bring in prayer, what are the goals of prayer. And now I want to come to what I think is one of the central questions of Jewish prayer, which is, what's with all the praise? This is something I think that is... If it's not unique to Jewish prayer, it is very ubiquitous in Jewish prayer, much more so, I think, than in other traditions, uh, where we spend by far the majority of our time in prayer praising God. And this is something that I think is uh, less true in a Christian context, right? where even the word prayer, because we, because English uh, uh, has uh, uh, very Christian connotations, the word prayer, I think, has the connotation of asking for things. Right? I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Right? I'm asking God to, uh, to protect me. But prayer in the Jewish context is far more uh, about praising God than asking God for things. And, and the, uh, you know, the, the Nativo Shalom, uh, the Salonim Rebbe, in this essay that uh, I want us to look at today as a diving board for our conversation, uh, states this very explicitly at the end. The, the, the essence of uh, tefillah is that it's all song and praise before God. So what we do in prayer, we start with Pesukei Zimra, a whole block of psalms and songs that are praises of God. It's even more... Uh, pronounced on Shabbat, where that section is uh, is longer, containing more psalms of praise. Then we get to the paragraph, Vayivarach David, and we uh, bless God in the language of King David, Veshiratayam, the, uh, the song of the sea, and the blessings of, of God as creator of uh, light, and uh, um, the, the lover of the people Israel, and uh, then we have the song of the angels, the Kedusha, where we say that God is uh, holy, and the whole world is filled with God's glory. So then in the uh, Amida itself, the three opening blessings of the Amida are um, are, are, are songs of praise before God. And the three last blessings, uh, which are thanksgiving for the, the things that God have, has given us, are also, from a certain perspective, uh, praises of God. The essence of prayer, the main block of prayer in all the days of the year, is the are these praises. It's a very uh, amazing thing. Why is it that we spend so much time as Jews praising God? And here is, and here, now he's going to state the question explicitly at the beginning of the essay. So Maimonides said uh, um, further in, uh, in the matter of prayer, right? you should uh, uh, recite the, uh, the praise of God. 
This is a major part of prayer, and we've got to explain it. Because on its surface, it's surprising. What is the point of the service of prayer of, uh, of recalling the praises of, of uh, God, blessed, blessed be God? What good is it for a person, a lowly, insignificant person with minimal knowledge or, or insufficient knowledge to recall the praises of the great king of kings. I'm reminded of this, of uh, a great uh, scene from The Simpsons. It's sort of an absurd episode, but Homer is trying to escape PBS, public broadcasting, because he owes them money. He, he pledged money and didn't pay it back. And so he runs away to become a missionary on a remote tropical island. And he uh, uh, reads the locals' uh, passage from the Bible, and he says, okay, now we're going to open it up to some Q&A. And one of the natives on the island says, okay, if God is so great and powerful, what does God need our prayers for? What does God need our praises for? And Homer responds something to the effect of, well, you see, God is very powerful, but also very insecure, like Liza Minnelli. Right? And I think that that's what uh, the, the Nativa Shalom is asking here too, right? Is it really, you know, what does God need our praises for? Why do we need to praise God? And also, what good is it to praise God when what we have to, what, all we could say would be totally insufficient? Right? <laughs> When we recall the uh, uh, greatness of God, we can't possibly grasp the fullness of that greatness. And what's more, if we were to try to define God or box God in, it would in some way minimize God. Right? This is what Maimonides says in the Guide of the Perplexed, that the only way we can describe God is through negative language, as it were, because if we describe God with a positive identification, it limits God to that positive identification. So if we say God is compassionate, it is a limitation on God. It puts God in the box labeled compassionate. So what we should say is God is not not compassionate, meaning that the term compassionate applies to God, but God transcends that definition. But when we praise God, when we say God is awesome, God is great, God is powerful, God is this, that, and the other thing, it can minimize God. <clears throat> so this is the challenge of praise. One, why is it at all effective? What is it trying to accomplish? And two, that on some level, it's absurd for a human being to praise God. What does God need our praise for? Maybe if God praised us, it would be very nice. But for us to praise God, it's silly. So here's what the Nativot Shalom says. Habior, Habior, the explanation. Ma rav archa shal mirat shira. So why do we have so much uh, song and praise? Ki shira mashmuta bitui pnimi shal Because song is at its core an element of clinging to God. How so? Haba mitoch tzema'on vega'aguim le'elakut. Praise comes from a sense of thirst and yearning for God and for godliness. Shirahi rikshut piyutim 
Habaim lidei bitui benanavim. Praise that we offer God in our prayer is like love songs, like love poetry. It's a way for us to come closer to God, to connect with God, to be with God in the same way that we would write a love poem or a love song to a spouse or a lover or a girlfriend or boyfriend. Asher bilshon hashir yinsa'u purkan lirikshe lev kavirim. In the language of a song, you can offer the prayers of the heart. This is what we find in the Song of Songs. The Song of Songs is the quintessential love song in the Jewish tradition. One that, according to tradition, is actually a love song between God and the Jewish people. It's something that uh, our scholar in residence here uh, over Shavuot, Rabbi Benjamin Siegel, really blew out of the water in a beautiful way, saying the Song of Songs is most certainly not a love poem between God and the Jewish people, but is a poem of human uh, um, uh, human love. Um, but in any event, this is how the tradition often uh, understands it. But, it. but however you understand Shirashim, you understand that it is a, a beautiful expression of love. It's a love song, a love poem. And it's indicative of what all lovers do, shekolo heaven ehav miftash vachosh al mitoch That all lovers and beloveds try to express the praise of the other um, through from feelings of love and desire and deep desire to cling to the other. It is certainly a truism that most of the great music and poetry that has ever been recorded are love music, love songs, love poems, love letters. And the core of those is to uh, try to come close to the other person, to try to express the fullness in whatever way you can, even if it's minor, of how you feel to them. And that, I think, is um, a, a beautiful analogy that's offered here because in love poetry, you can't possibly offer the totality of how you feel to the other person. You can't possibly describe the infinite reasons that you love them. You can always only end up coming short. When I tell my wife how beautiful she is and how much I love her and what I love about her, I'm only giving an a taste, an approximation of the fullness and the depth of my feelings, which are, in fact, totally infinite. I cannot fully express them. But the only way that I can come close to her is to try, is to give some measure and some taste of those feelings. But the truth is that this is not limited to happy songs. Love poetry and love songs take on a couple of different forms, right? There's the uh, pop song and there's the country song. The country song is about the pain of love, right? How how love can hurt and how also you want to express your pain to the beloved. And so that's what the Ntimot Shalom says next. Bitui zeh shel hishtokakut hamitbateh b'shira shayach lav davka b'havat rikshay simcha v'hodayah. So the, 
desire for uh, the yearning uh, of for God that's expressed in song isn't only connected with joyous song. It's connected with painful song as well. Gam bahavat rikshet sar vekev sheach inyan shira hamivtat gaguim vishokakut lashemiparach. And also, we express our pain and suffering in this way too. And this is an element of our thirst for and yearning for God. Hamit pataim mitoche surim. Right? Our, our desire for God comes out of our pain too. Shemitoch, right? My love for my wife um, and my wanting to express how I feel for her comes in two places. Right? It comes when I am most overjoyed. And it also comes when I'm most in need of her love and support. Because anybody who hands over his feelings to his God does it out of love and causes the feelings of the lover to be aroused. Kasher yisar ha'isha b'no, right? In the same way that uh, that uh, that a, a, a father um, uh, gives over his feelings to his son, right? When when a child um, is in pain, the parent is pain too, and when a, a, a child um, a, a expresses his love for a parent, the parent reciprocates in love. In the same way here, right? when uh, when when uh, we cry out in pain, God is pain. In all of my pain, God is pained, our tradition says. Okay, so this is now the essence of why we have so much praise and prayer. Song cannot come from a numbness of feeling and from a closing up of the mind and heart. Prayer is not about us closing ourselves off. Prayer can only be effective when we open ourselves up. And the point of praise in our prayer, why we have so much of it, is that it's meant like all good love poetry, both the ones that arise from pain and those that arise from joy, are meant to open us up, to open our hearts and to open our minds to the depth of our own feelings. Now, there's a way in which uh, many of us encounter the uh, praise in Jewish prayer and experience it um, as, a, as, a, as a closing off of, of emotion, right? It's an imposition on our own emotion. I need to say what this person thought and felt, um, and it uh, disables me from saying what, what I feel and, and think. But the truth of the matter is that it's meant to open us up. It's meant to arouse in us our own emotions. And so the challenge of the praise in our prayer is how to read it in a way that enables us to open up instead of to shut down. That enables us to feel more deeply instead of to feel more numb. The essence of prayer is to open up our emotion. That's the goal. That's the point. 
when we pray, we are asked to open up our hearts. We're asked to lay bare our feelings, which takes first, I think, some practice. It is, in some level, a very natural human thing, but in the prayer context, it, there's a feeling of unnaturalness to it. So we need some practice to get back to the naturalness of it. We need to, in some way, unlearn what we've learned, as Yoda would say. But the other point is that on some level, we need to get out of the way of ourselves in prayer that we block ourselves off to fully expressing emotion because we're scared of how we feel. We're not sure how it would sound to God. We feel like our feelings are, are stupid and petty and silly. But the truth of the matter is, they aren't. And God needs to hear them. And you need to say them. And that's why we're given these repetitive and full praises in our prayer, because it's supposed to help us escape ourselves, get out of ourselves, get ourselves out of the way. If we focus on God, if we focus on the praise of God, we can get to how we really feel, because we can remove ourselves and the constructs we put of ourselves out into the world, we can get those out of the way. That's the challenge that Ntiwa Shalom offers. How do we transform our prayer into love poetry, into joyous love poetry, into painful love poetry? How do we read the praise of our prayer as a medium to get ourselves out of the way, to lay bare our hearts, to lay bare our souls, to lay bare our emotions? Have a wonderful day.